Hey, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, we're down on the beach and it's goodness gracious me, it's nine o'clock. What the heck have you been doing? Walker from five o'clock in the morning till now. Well, let me tell you, why am I so late? Well, last night, um, Moss and I decided it was full moon. So we decided to go and have a, uh, a meal where she works at the Iceberg RSL. <laughs> at the swimming pool. Well, it was fun. We didn't have any alcohol, we just had a meal, but pub food. So now we're getting on to the topic of sitting on the most perfect balcony in Sydney, overlooking the ocean on a perfectly calm night with the biggest full moon of the year, uh, celebrating with a friend, and the meal arrives. So it's what it is, it's a plate of chips cooked in last week's fat with a tiny little bit of green token salad on the side and two pieces of beautiful brim fish. The fish, of course, is dwarfed in comparison to the mountain of disgusting uh, reheated, recooked, reconstituted potato chips. So as much as we loved the night, we had a beautiful time. It was such a reflection on where the average, and I think that's the word we could call it, where the average food delivery, food service um, is at. Surely we can't say that it's below average because it's Icebergs RSL. It's one of the most popular venues in Sydney. But there it is. Shit food. So we stayed for a little while and went home and watched Netflix, but on a gorgeous night and really had fun. As we were walking along, which is the point of this story, and of course that makes you wake up the next morning feeling like, because you have a couple of those chips before you realise what you've done, and you wake up next morning feeling like someone uh, sent concrete down into your guts. Uh, so, as we're walking back, we bumped into uh, Rotha's doctor. Now, Tom works at the sports stadium at the uh, Olympic Park, at uh, Centennial Park. More park, and uh, two hours before this, Lot had rung him and said, I've got something I really need to have a look at. And Tom is really part of Lottie's inner sanctum team. A lot of care and love goes into being part of that team. And he said, I'll clear a space for you. Um, see you soon, meaning the next day. Two hours later, after that phone call, walking along the street, there's Tom going for a beach walk. Not in his part of the world, but he's down here one day. We all get chatting, and the first thing Tom's friend says is, Hi Lotta, I follow you on Instagram. And Lotta's sitting there going, Shit, I don't know what to say. What do you say? Thank you? Uh, well, it's not really thank you for following me on Instagram because you're not getting any remuneration from it. I suppose thank you for the compliment. 
And it sort of brought up for me a little thing about self-validation and how important it is to differentiate between you as a, a kind, caring, loving parent, partner, and you as a leader in the world. So a leader in the world asks this question over and over and over again. Are you thankful for me? In a house, you'll find the dominant individual is saying, are you thankful for me? The one who is living their purpose, following their dreams, on target, in purpose, will say, are you thankful for me? And the one who is following, subordinate, bullied, is saying, I'm thankful for you. Now this conversation is very difficult to have because on the one hand, we do need to be thankful, thankful for our life, thankful for what we've got, thankful for our gifts, thankful for the traumas and the challenges that come our way, thankful. That's self-leadership. But when it comes to leadership of others and taking self-validation to its highest point, and self-validation means I'm validated before I arrive at work, we have to ask the question, are you thankful for me? Is the company thankful for me? Is my boss thankful for me? Are the people around me thankful for me? And if they're not, how do I cause it? That's a great question. Remember, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. So a great quality question is, are you thankful for me? Usually people are not. It's very common for a humble person who's lived a humble life, struggling and wrestling with the demons of their wounds and their past and their injuries and their hurts, to not ask others to be thankful for them because they don't feel self, they don't feel validated enough. The ultimate end of self-validation, which is self-sufficiency, which is following your purpose, all these things, is that you will ask, are you thankful for me? And if the answer is, as long as you, or when you, or if you, then maybe it's a good time to say, if you. <laughs> or a good time to say, I need to go back and self-validate. When people are not thankful for you, it's because you're not thankful for you. Nobody does to you more than you do to yourself. So the question might be, if people aren't validating you, if they're not thankful, maybe you have to go back and say, am I thankful? Am I thankful for me? Am I thankful for uh, what I give, what I deliver, what I produce in a day? Or am I still seeking that thankfulness for what I produce and deliver and give from others? Am I still seeking validation from another human being? The day that we say I am seeking validation for an, from another human being, my partner, my parents, or my friends, is the day that we get a really big punch because we realize how messed up the equation is. 
Because when we seek validation from a company, from a boss, it means we've got no other option. We haven't self-validated, and we have no other option other than to seek validation, because we can't live without it, of course. Uh, people commit suicide because their partner leaves them, and they've lost their validation. People change jobs or don't do their job well because their partner won't validate them if they do. The competitive nature of relationships is a really sad one because it basically says we give our power to someone to validate us, tell us that we're lovable and loving and loving, and tell us that we're a good person. So we give our power to someone to validate us. And then it's a game, like a game of basketball, where they pull that validation away in order to cause us to do what they want. So they actually start manipulating that need for validation. You can find this with kids too. If you as a parent need your kid to behave in a certain way in order for you to feel validated as a parent, the kid will start to push and pull because they're playing with the thing you can't live without. And because we don't have options, if a person doesn't have options, then they are left with invalidation. And invalidation leads to suicide, slow death, slow suicide, eating, drinking, because we're not validated. It hurts. The ultimate pain, the most severe pain we can experience is to be invalidated. And in, with this you can be completely compassionate about indigenous people who've been, who've been, who feel invalidated. Women in the history of the, the earth who've been and feel invalidated. People who are in minorities, skin colour or race or whatever, or religion, who get invalidated. How painful. And for those of us who've been validated for our skin colour or been validated for our religion or for our sport, but stop playing sport and stop playing uh, religious games and stop basing ourselves on skin colour, validation becomes once again a topic, doesn't it? And we seek it. But the ultimate lesson from all this, nature's law, is you better just damn well validate yourself. And yet we're told from a kid, don't blow your own trumpet. Don't put yourself up on pedestals. Don't, uh, if someone gives you a compliment, don't accept it. Be humble. Which is absolutely 100% true. As long as you're not self-validating, if you get validated by somebody else, ultimately, you're poisoning yourself. So don't, Accept a compliment means don't seek validation from other people. But when you are validating yourself, a compliment is the perfect thing. All it's saying is what you already know. And you hardly even need to know, say thank you. Someone says, oh, you're so clever. And you go, I know. You can decide. Or you can say, they say, you're so clever. And you can say, well, I hope that is really helping you in your life. 
Well, I hope that is really serving you. Or I hope that is really helping you, my cleverness. The, the need for validation evaporates and it turns to something else. So you can imagine how it must feel to have a million fans like some movie stars and still not feel validated by them. How much you need to own the gift of your talent and the gift of your giving. Or be validated uh, the opposite, get validated by the fact you've got record sales or money in the bank, which is just horrible. Because then you've got to be so careful someone doesn't take it or steal it or uh, diminish it or beat you. Then you become a nervous wreck. That's food for thought. Validation, self-validation. What are the ten commandments, the ten steps of self-validation? What are they? See if you can create your own checklist. Uh, I'll give you a hint. One of them is being alone and enjoying it. Another one is having a validation from something that doesn't eat, sleep, shit or move which means universe or something bigger than that, which is akin to a purpose greater than yourself. List two. See if you can find the other eight. Like an app. 